if I've got life the way I want it, which is we tell ourselves that a lot, like I, I want to get life the way I want it. Like our preferences become our idol, essentially. Like that's the thing we worship, the thing we focus on. If I even get close to that, then a- anything becomes a threat to my comfort. Anytime we get close to this challengeless environment, my point is like we get close to that, then everything really becomes a threat. Um, and we become really vigilant, making sure other people don't step on boundaries, don't overlap. You know, all these variables um, that are inevitable start to really become, um, I, I get really irritable. I think we people get irritable and like quick to discomfort, quick to judgment, uh, really threatened and uh, sensitive. Wouldn't life be so much better if this whole business thing was just easier? Nah. Probably not. Hello, my friends. My name is Chad, and this is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co-hosts and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and this podcast is where we explore it all. There is no conversation too risky. This week, Adrian and I sit down and chat about how the challenges in our lives and our business are the springboard for our success, not the obstacle. If you're up against a challenge that is testing your strength and character, and you're wondering if the climb is worth it, I hope this conversation will invigorate your soul a bit. Before we dive in, there's two things I want to tell you about. The first one is The Revenant, coming up in beautiful Honolulu, Hawaii, October 26th through the 29th. The Revenant is a gym for the soul. It's a place to come and practice your leadership and communication with other humans that are willing to take a risk with you. There are over 50,000 graduates globally, and 97% of those graduates put the experience in the top three events of their lives. So come have some fun with us in Hawaii. Go to wearerevenant.com and grab your spot because they're going fast. And the second thing I wanna tell you about is Icon. It's a three-day gathering that we're hosting on Lake Garda in Italy, November 9th through 11th. This is a three-day transformational experience. For those that have achieved success and are now asking themselves, what's next? You will leave clear and committed to the next venture that will contribute to the legacy you are crafting. I've linked to the application of Icon in the show notes of this episode. If you think this is for you, go fill it out now because spots are extremely limited. Now, let's dive in. What's up, man? Hey, it's so good to be here, brother. Good to be with you. Our friend Dan is missing. We haven't, the last we heard of him, he was entering a room that Tony Robbins was going to be in with lights and music and all, and we haven't heard from him since. Dance party. I know. That's what I said. I said, did you bring the Molly or today or how does that work? (laughs) And I just want to see Dan. I want to see Dan on stage dancing. That's what I want to see. Hell Yeah. Yeah, Tony getting and pumped up. Tony telling Boom. him to get on the solo Eileen and break up with her. <laughs> so it, anyway, we're recognizing his absence. We'll miss yes. him in this conversation. Yes. So I want to talk about. Oh, we're we're going to talk about challenge today. Uh-huh. Challenge is an interesting conversation, especially as I think about the conversation where it comes up both in between my ears and with a lot of clients that I have. I can you know some of the thinking we're going to talk about today. I certainly find myself in. Um, and so it's very familiar to me. Um, and so, uh, this idea, you know, there's a, there is a, I would, I'm going to call it a misconception. There's a misconception that life gets easier. Yeah. I think that consumes so much of our thoughts and our conversations of like, when is this thing going to get easier? When is it not going to be challenging? 
Yeah. Uh, is in that way, about... in that way, I think it's like an expectation. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think it's sold to us, honestly. You know, I mean, if you think of any successful advertising campaign, the advertising campaign is is built around this is going to make your life easier. Um, this is going to solve some challenge or problem that you have, and then you're and we buy it over and over and over. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's that's interesting. I think it's ingrained into our our culture. I think it's it's sold to us often, and we're the ones buying. So we want to interrupt that conversation a little bit today. And uh, I know for myself, I'm constantly interrupting that conversation. But here's, I mean, how it often looks like for me is uh, in my family, you know, once the kids get to this age, everything will be so much easier. Life will be easier. My evenings will be more entertaining, blah, 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 blah. Sure. Blah, right? So that's one place that shows up for me. Another place is in the business. Once we get to this revenue, or once we get to this market share, or you know, once uh, we have this position filled with somebody who's competent and uh, and and can lead it, then life will get easier. It won't be as challenging. And um, and I just think that's a common experience. Is that something that you can relate to? Is it something I can relate to? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. I. I think about that. I am in that type of thinking often, like the someday it will type thinking. Yeah. Like if, and it's, you know, it's just an if then framework. Like if that, then, you know, if this happens, yeah. then it's like I generate some kind of, you know, promised land that's going to happen when this certain thing occurs or when I get to blank. And it's always like circumstantial living. You know, that's a phrase I use all the time. Like, a, like, like the, once the circumstances of my life and the circumstances can be very interpersonal and very personal. You just like sometimes like the circumstances me, like it once I, then, you know, it's like, a um, so like circumstantial living, once those things get set up outside myself, then I'm going to have this internal experience and then I'll feel a certain way and be a certain way. And finally I've arrived, you know, circumstantial living. It's a, it's a, I, I do it a lot. Talk to clients about it a lot. Cause that's a very, I think a natural drift for humans. Um, and it's a, you know, we're wired into it. We're convinced of it. Uh, most psychotherapy is based on this view, an etiological yeah. view. Um, like I, like I, I, my experience and who I am in life and what's happening in life is a result of something. And the something is out there somewhere else, yeah. usually some other time, you know, it's historical yeah. a lot of ways. So anyway, all that kind of circumstantial living, I, I get it. I do it and I get it when other people are in it. I, there's, there's definitely not much power in it. Well, why do you think, why do you think you say it's a natural drift? And I, I agree. Why do you think it's a natural drift? Why is it such a natural drift? First off, it's very socially acceptable. So it's in right. some ways it's, it's nurtured into us. Um, right. Like it's, it, it, it's happening all the time around us. Um, and therefore it gets affirmed. And even if you notice, if you were to like record all of your conversations with your significant other, with your friends, with your coworkers, I think naturally we talk about life this way. Like we yeah. talk about issues that are happening, problems that are happening, and we focus on what's happening. 
or the outside force that made that thing happen. Right. Um, the alternative would be, you know, looking inside or, you know, and we'll probably get to the, we'll get to that. And as we talk about this conversation, but anyway, so I think it's, I think it's wired into us. I think it's affirmed. I think it's, 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 um, it's, it's not even just affirmed. It's actually, uh, preferred, you know, in the land of drama, um, where drama is, is interesting and drama is, you know, exciting and funny and, uh, uh, and emotionally engaging. Uh, so people love that shit when people are talking yeah. with like hypercolor detail about what's wrong with somebody. Yeah, what's interesting? Or what's is wrong such, with this thing? Yeah, it's such a and, disempowering experience. Like we give away our power. Uh, I, I say power. I mean, you know, our ability to um, choose our experience. Right. So. Right. Uh, we we give that away when when we give it to the circumstance we give it to the phase of life that we're in or that our kids are in or that our business is in or the people in our in our company our employees or whatever if they're choosing or, or if our experience is dependent on them they hold the power to our experience right on and that feels like it's interesting that we perpetuate it right when this happens I will be in power. I'll have power over my experience again, or I'll be happier. Whatever it be, there won't be this challenge, or it'll be easy. And it's just not true. And you know, our memories seem to be short. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because how often do we stop to think, like, how long have I been telling myself this story? Yeah, that things are going to get easier when. Yeah, yeah. A long time. I, yeah. I was just, as you're talking, I was thinking about people, I th- I'll assert it like it's true. I don't know that it's true for everybody, but people want the satisfaction of winning the game, but yet they want the safety of observing the game. So like we want to feel like the person feels when they win the championship, but yet we would prefer to be on the sidelines and the stands critiquing what's happening on the field, which is a lot similar to this in some regards, at least there's a connection with this for me. It's like most of this, if, when is like, a, it's like an observer giving an account. It's like a, like I'm yeah. a journalist in the stands of the game called life or work or family or whatever. And I'm observing yeah. it and critiquing what the players are doing and don't put myself in the game. I don't realize that, you know, at any point I can jump in and grab the ball and, you know, make it what I want to make it but I just rather have the safety of the observer yet there's a deep desire for us to have the satisfaction of the champion the one that wins but yet coming out of the stands takes a lot of guts yes there's so many interesting things that I that you're bringing up in this one of the things that I'm thinking about right now is that I think if Dan were here um he would be you know he has this idea that he talks about and it just slipped my mind I can't think of I had it in my mind let me think about it. You were talking about winning and okay, it'll come back to me. Here's the other point that I want to talk about. When did ease become the aim? Mm. Like, why do we think that that's the experience that we want? Yeah. And I, th- I just think that's interesting. At some point we decided, well, this thing, oh, so the, the, the idea that I think Dan would be putting forth is, is that, that we have two goals in line. 
and he said this on the podcast a lot. So if you've listened to other episodes, the two the two goals are life in life is to keep the spacesuit alive, yeah, and to preserve energy to keep the spacesuit alive, right? Right. It's that old idea that old that it's it's ancient software that is written into our bones that if I don't preserve energy, I will die because then I won't be able to take advantage of the opportunity to either protect me or my family or to get food or to build shelter or to, you know, walk 45 miles in the in the desert to get water, all of that sort of stuff. So that software is running, right? So we want to preserve energy, but it's not as useful in the moment that we're in. Yeah. And that's where this idea of ease comes from. Like it's still so alive in us. Like if, if this thing were easy, then I could preserve the energy for when I need it. Right. Yeah. As if, yeah. as if we don't have all the resources available to us to, to, to continue to replenish that energy over. As we're sitting here, I'm, I'm just reminded I haven't started a book that I bought probably three weeks ago and it's called The Comfort Crisis. Such a good book. You read it? Yeah, I've read it. That's yep. awesome. Yeah, I saw it. Now that's that's catnip for me. So I'm like, oh wow, embracing discomfort to reclaim. What does it say? Re- reclaim uh, your wild, happy, healthy life. Embracing discomfort. Yeah. Um, What's the author's anyway. name? His name is his or her name is is come to me. Come to me, Michael Easter. Yeah, Michael Easter. So he's a professor at UNLV. Man, it's a really cool book. I mean, you're gonna love it. So he 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 he, uh, he tells the story of going into the Alaskan tundra, or the Canadian tundra, with this dude who just like does this all the time, tracking um, tracking the wildlife up in the tundra, and he parallels that with teaching this generation of students at UNLV. And the comfort crisis that exists, I think it's so, so interesting that he talks about so much of it, so much of it in the book touches on where I want to end up in this conversation, which is the benefit of yeah. struggle and challenge. Yeah. And we were, even before we hit record, you were telling me, you know, we were talking about cold plunging. Mm-hmm. I get it, it's all rage right now. You can't, you can't go anywhere without hearing anybody talk about cold plunging. Um, but you were, you know, we were talking about what 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 degree we want the water to be, and you know, and I said jokingly, "Well, you don't want that much challenge, Adrian." And but yeah. but it's so you know this this idea that challenge works for us. Like this is the purpose for us to be here is to experience challenge because what happens when challenge isn't present. It's very interesting. One of the things that he talks about in that book is that when challenge, like when natural challenge isn't present, when everything is so comfortable, we start to find challenges mm-hmm. that felt like we make challenges for ourselves because the human bent is to solve for challenges, work on challenges. Yep. And we, you talked about winning, right? Wanting to have the experience of winning but be on like, but put in the effort of being on the bench. And even as you were saying that, one of the things that I was thinking is like, even that feeling of winning, like I love to win. I know uh-huh. you love to win. We talk about yeah. it often. 
Yeah. But the feeling that the the feeling of winning is fleeting. Mm-hmm. Very fleeting. And then what do we have when that when that leaves? Well, all we have is what challenges are next. Mm-hmm. Or what challenges are still there. That's the experience. If you if you compared the feeling of winning, like if it was a pie chart, right? Pie chart of feeling. And winning was a portion and challenge was a portion. This the the winning feeling would be such a sliver of yeah. if, if we were thinking that you know the time of our life, winning would be such a sliver compared to the feeling of challenge or the experience yeah. of challenge. Right. So why or not why? We already talked about that, but it's interesting to me that we focus so much on the winning, we focus so much on the ease. And there's I think there's a huge opportunity for us to want to be in the experience of challenge. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think I think about this in the context of parenting all the time. Um because I buy it. I buy all the the research around um celebrating your kids' process versus their success. Yeah. That you, you know, and people yeah. are listening know what I'm talking about. Like not saying, hey, you know, you you got a great grade, high five, great grade. Instead of saying that, you say, wow, you must have worked really hard. I bet you had to learn something new. I bet you had to ask for help. All that's, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm in. I, I think about that a lot when I'm engaging with my kids. Um, and I think about, I was just watching a video right before we jumped on, like in my own camera roll of watching my kids get into the cold plunge. And yes. both of them have very different experiences getting into the cold plunge um, and just very different realities. And and Scout's like my athlete, and he's the guy that, you know, sets high ideals for himself, wants to win, you know, practices all the time. But he's not that he, he's not into the cold plunge. He's, you know, he'll uh, Charlie went first, my little girl. She's seven. For those that don't know. And she's resilient. She wants to know how long I did it, and then she's going to stay in there longer than me. And she did, until her <laughs> lips were blue. It was awesome. And Scout lasted 30 seconds. She had lasted two and a half minutes. Uh, he lasted 30 seconds. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not that resilient. She is, though. She, like, likes the challenge. And that's I mean, mm-hmm. part of her brilliance. She likes, you know going up against hard stuff. I I'm concerned for him because in those moments, cause I'm like, and I tease him a little bit. It's like, Oh, your little sister got, Oh, wow. Hold on. No, you can get out. I mean, if you want to, I mean, I don't know. Charlie lasted like five times the amount of time. So <laughs> might not sleep, not might not sleep very well tonight, but go, go ahead, man. Um, tease you can live with yourself, son. Sure. You're not that resilient. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, I think that's something at least for me, my my lived experience is that that's something I've been able to train or I'm training myself to do, yes. which is in like, I don't know about, I don't know, the, enjoy is the word, but to find value or find meaning in the challenge yeah. rather than just the win or the ease that might come after the challenge is completed. Yeah. And that's been huge for me. Like my level of meaning in life and I, I will say enjoyment of life has gone through the roof when I got clear 
like I heard, uh, I can't remember who it is now. I feel like um, it might have been like Jocko Willink or Joe Rogan or somebody said, they said, uh, choose your heart. Uh-huh. Because you're not escaping heart. So just yep. choose your heart. Yeah. And that opened up my world, which is like, yep. okay, get it. I'm clear, hard for the rest of my life. I'm in. Now let me choose it so that I can do it intentionally, meaningfully, and create the results that I say I want in my life. And I, I'll be clear on the, I'll be clear. That's the other thing is that I'll be clear on the challenge that I want to engage in or hard. I'll choose my hard based on my vision. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Let me say that one more time. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Now that's an interesting thought. If that's true, it means that everything you have in life right now, the possessions, the relationships, the fitness, the mindset, are all a product of your negotiations with others and yourself. And if that's true, wouldn't you want to be very clear on how you negotiate what's effective and what's ineffective, what your strengths are and what your blind spots are? It is, after all, producing all the results in your life. So here's the deal. We put together a 15-question quiz that you can take in five minutes or less and find out exactly what your negotiation style is. The results of this quiz will give you insight into your strengths and blind spots in negotiation. It will also give you insight in how you can accentuate those strengths or compensate for the blind spots. Think for just one second with me all of the conversations you're having in your life. Think about compensation or advancement conversations with people on your team, discussing financial decisions with a partner, or just getting your kids to get their damn shoes on so that you can leave the house. All of these conversations are negotiations. This simple yet powerful tool has the potential to reinvent the way you get what you want in every aspect of life. Go to negotiation.takenewground.com right now or click the link in the description of this episode and find out what negotiation style you embody. You can thank us later. Now back to the show. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, there's, I think there's a part of this, uh, let's just call this a movement that people are aim, like going this way. Um, yeah. I, th- I think in some ways it's a response to the kind of living your strength circle jerk people did for 10 years. <laughs> uh, you know where it's because like what's underneath the whole living your strengths thing is like oh it ought to be easy like just sure. focus on your strengths and delegate all your weaknesses and then when you do that your life's going to be great yeah and you know uh gallup obviously like the strengths finder was a big part of that and um and you know i think uh, we know that that doesn't work mm-hmm. uh that's at some do we know that um it's just that people live with this kind of under uh, slow boil in the background of like despair of right. if I can get it all to look just this way and if I can get my role and my responsibilities at work to be just this way and if other people do it just this way, then finally life will be like a nice warm bath and it'll feel the way it's supposed to feel. And yeah. um, we, I, I think I think we know. We know that's not going to happen. Um but it's such an altruistic someday it will type thinking. Um, and I, anyway, I'm, I'm glad we're going this way. Even when you were saying like, I'm signing up for hard, you know, there's a little bit of a tinge in me thinking like, wow, 
Are you sure, man? You know, it's like a little bit like, like yeah, I mean, because I'm with you, but it's even like, I think. Yeah. The, and maybe, maybe it's a little bit of my, I've, you know, always been pretty extreme and intense and let's go after it. And I do like, um, I like hard sprints. I do like that. I like the hard way and maybe it's a chip on my shoulder or something to prove to myself or, you know, all that is great. I don't even have a problem with any of that. Um, uh, but I, I've been judged for that plenty in my own life. It's like, Hey, why don't you just relax a little bit or just take it easy? Or it's like, well, I don't know how much can we get done today? You know, it's like, Hey, we've got four hours. I wonder how much, you know, I'm not one that's been like relaxed as a, as a hobby um, yeah. in my life. So the the great thing about this to maybe some tie some things together is like, we tend to work with folks that love a challenge. Really? They, really? Now they might not do well in it or there might be, I mean, we can get into this a little bit, but you know, how we respond to that choice and how we are in the midst of it. Um, a lot of our clients, you know, have some re- relational collateral damage going on in their teams and such. Um, so we can probably get into some of that stuff, but man, we're just drawn towards people that like, yeah, let's, let's, let's go. Let's yeah. do the hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. They don't last long if, with us if, if not, because no, we're out. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it, and the thing I think about is like, when I said I'm in for the hard or in for the challenge is like, there are real challenges to being rich. Mm-hmm. There are real challenges to being poor. Mm-hmm. There are real challenges to being active and athletic and, and pushing yourself physically. There are real challenges to being lazy. Mm-hmm. You know, at every, it doesn't matter where, yep. there's just a constant in everything and that there is challenges. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm resisting that, which I think is the conversation of, oh, it'll get easier, is it's a resistance to that conversation, then I'm always going to be unsatisfied with my experience because, yep. damn it, I haven't made it yet because it's still challenging. Yep. Yep. I think that's why, you know, we work with plenty of clients that like have the big, they win the Super Bowl in their world, like they sell the company or whatever, or, you know, IPO or raise a bunch of cash or blah, blah, blah. Um, big wins. And the next day after the big win, it's still not easy. Right. Right. <laughs> They're just faced with some other existential crisis, other logistical crisis. Um, and you know, they, the, I think this, this, uh, experience is so, it's just so common for folks. So anyway, I think it's, I'm glad you picked the topic today. Well, this is the essence of the experience we have coming up in Italy, which is the the icon um, experience. And uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go back two or three uh, episodes. I don't remember what the title is, but I'll put it. I'll link it in the description. Um, I think but, it's the or, it's something like planning for success or something. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's this challenge of there's this moment of winning and then what happens after you win yeah and it was supposed you know so many people feel or thought or did all of this work and effort 
believing that once I conquer this challenge, then I'll have that experience of ease and elation and all that. And when that doesn't show up, it shows up like a crisis. It can. Yep. And what's next? And, oh man, I thought this was going to be the fulfilling thing. I thought this was going to give me all the gratitude or the, yeah, the gratitude and the uh, ego and all of that sort of stuff. I thought this was going to be it. And um, anyway, so if, if this, if there's familiarity, familiarity for you in this conversation, you want to check that out, take newground.com forward slash icon. Um, it's three days specifically addressing this conversation of yep. what's next, what's the challenge, what's going to continue to build the, the, the legacy that you say you're about. Yep. So, um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So mm-hmm. grateful for this opportunity to have this conversation. I think about this a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, so grateful that I've had others that were willing to discuss this I, this opportunity. I see it as an opportunity just to embrace challenge. It, it's just going to be here and be yeah. up for it and choose. Yeah. Just choose your challenge. Choose your heart. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah. Yeah. I, I think I make a distinction with clients all the time. Um, the, the, the distinction between wanting a, wanting a challenge. Let's see. How do I say it to them? They're always people. When people say the phrase I'm struggling with is always a trigger for me. Like I'm struggling yeah. with. Mm. There's a big difference between struggling struggling with something and taking on a challenge. I think it's a world of difference. And we love, it's just kind of become part of our vernacular. Like I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. I'm struggling with this. And a lot the, in that game, I'm struggling with thing. I mean, the aim is relief. I want to not be struggling. Yeah. And I think what you're pointing out here is if if I'm wanting a challenge, like take on a challenge, like choose my heart, then like the aim of that is resilience. Yeah. Like I'm the type of person that, takes on new challenges and it's funny like objectively speaking if i think about that do i want to be someone that can handle anything that comes my way do i want to be that person i yeah, for sure like yes i want to be that person so i can like handle anything that comes my way bring it on yeah. it's great you know yeah um that you won't get there when you're trying to escape struggle never no 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 it's like a ease ease becomes the the aim yeah and we we wouldn't be proud of ourselves if we actually accomplished that i don't think yeah of who we become like who we become in the context of ease and comfort because we become soft and we become you know addicted to well and then you know and then everything it's funny like if i've got the life the way I want it, which is we tell ourselves that a lot. Like I, I want to get life the way I want it. Like our preferences become our idol and essentially like that's the thing yeah. we worship, the thing we focus on. It's I want my preferences. I want it that way. If I even get close to that, then a- anything becomes a threat to my comfort. Yeah. And, and my experience for sure, I see it in other people. If I'm ever in that mindset, like, this day is supposed to go a specific way or my time I'm thinking about my kids again my time like kids is supposed to go a certain way and then something gets in the way like man I get touchy because like 
my peace is about to be disrupted. And it's like the ideal that I've been banking on is like not happening. And I just become this dude that's like, wow, like not fun. I'm, it's not fun to be that dude, not fun to be around that guy, I'm sure. And I get glimpses of it and I feel shitty about it when I see it. I'm glad yeah. I see it when I, cause it's like, I, I actually have a way of being, I'm committed to being with my kids. And when I'm off, man, it's like, wow. Um, so anyway, we get touchy. Anytime we get close to this challengeless environment, my point is like, we get close to that, then everything really becomes a threat. Um, and we yeah. become really vigilant, making sure other people don't step on boundaries, don't overlap, don't start swimming in my lane, don't start, you know, all these variables um, that are inevitable start to really become, um, I, I get really irritable. Yeah. I think we, people get irritable and like quick to discomfort, quick to judgment, uh, really threatened and uh, sensitive. Yeah. Ultimately, you know, you talk about not being proud. I think that's one thing that happens when we don't arise to challenge or choose challenge. The other thing is we get weak. You yes. Know, readiness. Readiness is something that I think about a lot. Because um, I know whatever I'm facing today is jack shit compared to what could be going on. Mm-hmm. And that, how do I make myself ready for that? Yep. And, and the way is to, to go straight into the challenge today. Yep. Right. So I think about that all the time. I think about it physically. I think about it mentally and relationally. Yep. You know, how willing am I, the, the extent that I'm willing to take on the challenging conversations today with you or with Dan or my wife or my clients is, is going to determine my readiness to take on something that I, don't, I couldn't even comprehend how difficult it is tomorrow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was just talking with a client this morning and we're halfway through the contract, six month contract. We're halfway through. And, you know, I've, we, have, we have clients fill out like a, what are your, what new key results are you committed to create over the six months and then three months. So we're three months in, let's review. Yep. And um, anyway, an issue with one of her clients had come up. One, one of the, rela- one of the, sorry, one of the outcomes was related to um, let me get specifics here. Uh, related to aligning your team, essentially, and there had been one of her one of her key people was really upset about uh, something, and we were reviewing it because she gave herself. I asked her to give herself a grade about how she's how she did at this big offsite she had, and she said, "Yeah, I give myself like an eight out of 10. Mm-hmm. And, and because of this, of how she responded to this woman's reaction to the news that she wasn't getting a promotion or something like that. And my, my point in the inquiry with her was to think about, all right, if you got to go do it again, so let's, let's look at how you, how you showed up in the moment. And then if you got to go do it again, how else would you show up? And reality was she wouldn't change anything. And but what she was upset about was how she felt in the moment, which is interesting to me. You know, she gave herself an eight out of 10 because she was kind of, she felt baffled. She felt small. She felt like she wasn't ready for it. And yeah, I said, did you say anything that was inappropriate? First off, the thing worked. Like the, the person's now aligned. She's kicking ass. She's like as engaged as ever. So there's results that say success. I said, would you have changed anything you said or anything you did? No, I actually wouldn't change anything. But she's written harder herself 
for how she felt, which I think is a funny thing. Um, because I, I told her in the moment, I said, I, I don't give myself credit at all for any of my feelings. What I yeah. do about my feelings and how I respond or how I react, I'm 100% responsible for that. But like the fact that I was taken off, off, you know, wasn't ready for the moment or whatever, uh, or like the feelings of feeling insecure, blah, blah, blah. I don't, you know, fault myself for any of my feelings. Those, I don't get a vote on those most of the time. But after that, we thought through, I encouraged her to think about if she was in that setting again and to practice in her mind how to respond in the moment to her because there yeah. was a gap between how she reacted and how she felt and then how she reacted and how she would want to react mm-hmm. uh, in an ideal setting and and was was you know saying to her what we've said to people thousands of times which is like the brain doesn't know the difference between a real and an imagined experience like mm-hmm. if we imagine something um the brain thinks it happened right. and we know this is powerful we know this is true um for lots of reasons that's why we have anxiety like we're anticipating something going bad and actually we're feeling as if it's already gone bad yeah you know so my point here is like to practice uh beforehand like visual like practice like let's say this guy comes on hard and so let's see yourself in the moment like with poise see yourself and and she's like a canadian she's super sweet very kind and it goes the nice way. And she knows that. And she even, she said, you know, all what she say, all my years of all my years of corporate life, I, I tend to fill in the blank, which is obviously her story to justify her cowardice. But I, like, I want you to imagine you being really fierce, like an advocate for this person and how you respond to it. That, that was a little bit of her, her homework is like to rehearse this thing. Point being, you can practice resilience before you need it. Like you can see yourself responding, reacting, showing up in the way you need to in the face of a challenge. Yeah. And, you know, it gets yourself ready. And it's wise to go ahead and practice that beforehand and visualize it. I mean, performers do this all the time. Athletes do this all the time. All the psychology um, is pretty clear on it, on visualizing, uh, visualizing you reaching your goals before you get to your goals. And it kind of, it primes the pump for you. And so you're not surprised when great things happen, you've already already been there in your mind. Same thing, I think, is like seeing yourself as somebody that is resilient, seeing yourself as someone that knows what to say in the midst of crisis or how to show up in the midst of crisis. Yeah, or if you don't know what to say, how to be with that, because that's the yeah, challenge. that's right. right? Like, that's how right. would I want to be if I don't know what to say? Yeah. Um, which is something that I, I work with. So, I mean, it comes up so often with my clients is like, yeah, I didn't know what to say or that took me by surprise. It's like, okay, well, then that's the thing. We, that's the challenge that we get clear on. When I don't know what to say, when I get a, when I do feel insecure, blah, 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 blah. What do I do then? Yeah. You know, my opportunity is to claim that. I don't know what to say right now, but I'm here. I, let's, <laughs> let's explore. Let's, you know, whatever. So that, this that's is great. Right. Um, Love this conversation and uh, committed, man. I, I'm, I, I, like, I'm, like I said before, I think about it a lot. And I think what it's done is it's paid dividends for the challenges that come in the future. The, the uh-huh. challenges that I'm facing today, there's so much I gather from wanting or being committed to being ready yesterday. Yeah, I think it's great. I think 
um, you know, as we if people take that Harrison assessment we talk about often, and there's actually a once a challenge preference in there, which is always a big indicator. Like if yeah. somebody takes it and they're a potential client of mine, I'll look at that score because if they don't want a challenge, I know it's not going to go well. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's always good for them to see that and know that where they are. Yeah. Um, in the preference for that. And a lot of their, um, I'll call it like a subconscious judgment um, of not feeling like your team's with me. I'll say that phrase a lot. My team's not with me. Really? And I think I think it's usually because there's a distinction between how much most of our clients really like a challenge, like want a challenge, like give me the hard way. Let's go figure this out. Oh, let's, you know, whatever the norm is, let's double it. Um, but yet, as they work down in the organization, people, there's a lot of folks that want less of a challenge. They're just kind of doing a job and they don't yeah. have language for how to engage in that conversation and invite people up or to use that as a screening tool. That's a pretty damn good screening tool. Like, <laughs> Do you want hard things? Do you like taking on a challenge? Do you like, you know, I was going to say, do you like being humiliated? That's kind of it, really. I mean, do you like, do you, do you like your insecurities, your vulnerabilities being on display? Um, you know, and none of us do, quote, I mean, naturally, none of us do. Neurologically, none of us do because we'd rather look good and feel good and be right and be in control. But yet crazy people like us, like people we work with, we get off on that shit. Like how much stuff can I overcome? And yeah. to overcome anything, we've got to be willing to look at the dark side, look at our weaknesses, look at it and really own them instead of complain about them. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot. I think this, this relationship to challenge really is underneath um, a lot of the challenges in team life. So if you're not having, if you're on a team right now and you, you've just been observing things, it's, this might be the deeper level to get to in the conversation. Yeah. Because if there's, if people are failing and they're not doing what it takes to overcome failure, then it might be this, that they don't really want the exposure that taking on a challenge is. And it yeah. might be good to get in that conversation and at least help people see where they are because that, that level of relatedness will generate all types of thinking and all types of choice, choices and all types of behavior and therefore all types of results. So this can be really helpful if you've not had this conversation with your team. Yep, right on. Go choose your challenge. Go choose, choose your, your challenge. Yep, get after it. Thank you for it all. Yeah, man. Good all to be right, with thanks, you, buddy. Yeah, man. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody.